I said last Sunday, I said I was, uh, how do you remember last year? On a scale of one to ten, I was probably a four. Today, I'm probably a five or maybe a six. You know, it's a funny thing how this thing works on people different ways. But it seems like it's worked on me, on my voice, more than anywhere else. There for about three weeks. But I'm so thankful this morning to be in God's house. I'm so thankful today that I was able to get out of bed this morning and feed myself. Probably didn't sleep two hours last night. But I'm still glad to be alive. And what a blessing it is this morning to walk into God's house here at Bloomington Chapel and see the church people starting to come back in that I haven't seen some of them since March, Brother Paul. But I see them here today. And in talking to some of them this morning, I didn't know that they had had the COVID, but they had told me that they had. I knew Paul and his family had. I know I had, and I know some of the rest of you, but some I hadn't seen for a while, but one was telling me that they had had it while we had been out. But thank God she's here this morning. Amen. You know, we're serving a mighty God today. If you have your Bible this morning, and it goes along, and I didn't know what the Sunday school lesson was, John, but it sort of goes along from time to time with what you was talking about and what a sacrifice them old boys made to carry their friend down to the house. But look with me this morning in Matthew chapter 19 for a few minutes, and we will try to share a little of the gospel with you as long as my voice holds out. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16. Now I want you to listen to this first verse that I'm going to read carefully. And the Bible said, And behold... One came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? but one that is God. Look at these next two words, but and elf. And I've always said when you see them two words, but or elf, you need to pay attention what follows. But Jesus said to him, but if thou wilt enter into life or have eternal life, keep the commandments. Verse 18, this young, rich young ruler said back to Jesus in this conversation, he said, said unto him, which? Now Jesus told him if he's going to have eternal life, he was going to have to keep the commandments. Now he didn't say, 
you're going to have to keep a commandment. But I believe he said commandments ending with an S, Tony. But notice what this young rich ruler said. And he said unto Jesus, which? And I believe that was signifying to Jesus, which one of these do I need to keep? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not bear steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now listen to verse 20. The young man said unto Jesus, All these things I have kept from my youth up. And then he asked Jesus a question, What like I yet? Brother Mark, would you place it on that? Man, thank you, Brother Mark. Now, as I was looking at this, and I was studying this, and I've preached from this before, and I've heard others preach from it before, but I kept going back to this passage of Scripture, and I kept reading this passage of Scripture over and over and over. Because, Mark, I knew that God had something there He was wanting to show me that we needed to see. And verse 1 there, when Jesus was talking, and this young man came to Jesus... And the Bible said he was a young rich ruler. Now last week over in St. John chapter 30, we preached on Nicodemus, how he was a ruler of the Jews. Well, this young man was also a ruler of the Jews. But when he came to Jesus, and Jesus had told Nicodemus last week, you must be born again. But here, this young man, he came to Jesus, and he said, good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? I want to stop right there and I want us to look at this one verse here this morning for just a few minutes. There's a lot of people out here today that do not understand about salvation. There's a lot of people out here today that thinks that you've got to do some big work in order to have eternal life. There's so many people out here today that think you've got to do some great thing to be entitled to eternal life. But my friend, you can't live good enough. You can't do good enough to earn eternal life. Eternal life is a gift from God. Eternal life is a gift from God. As we think about eternal life, we think about the life after this life. See, Brother Paul, this life as we know it today, 
It's got a time limit on it. It's got a time limit on it. The Bible says it is appointed for each one of us to die. We all have an appointment. We don't know when that appointment is coming up. We don't know the day. We don't know the time. We don't know the how. But we do know that we have an appointed time that we're going to leave this walk of life. Amen? And the only way that we are going to purchase eternal life is when we go to Jesus, repent of our sins, ask Him to come in and be Lord of our life. This was a rich young ruler. Yes, Nicodemus was. But he knew nothing about salvation. There's a lot of people out there today don't know about salvation. There's a lot of people out there today that just walks from day to day, wanders from day to day, and so many people out there don't understand God. So many people out there, John, don't understand their self. Who are we this morning? We are some of God's creation that He has put down here for our appointed time. But He asked Jesus, He said, What shall I do to have eternal life? That showed me and showed us that this man was on the outside of knowing Jesus Christ and a pardon of sin. He was on the outside. He thought he could do some great thing that people may look at him and pat him on the back and say, this man is a good man. Look what he done. Friends, I know the Bible goes along and the Bible tells us as Christians, we have got to visit the sick. We have got to be good to our neighbors. We've got to help those that are in need. We're supposed to lift them up, not knock them down. But it doesn't matter if we visit the sick every day. It doesn't matter if we visit our neighbors in bed sick. It doesn't matter if we carry them in food. It doesn't matter what good thing that we do. That is part of being a Christian life. But it does have not one single thing to do with your salvation. Amen. It doesn't matter how good you are. You can't live good enough to get into heaven on eternal life. Amen. If you get to heaven, you're going to get there on God's grace. God's grace. You know, when I was going through this COVID and I did, I thought there for two weeks from time to time, I thought I was simply going to die. And I heard another lady say this morning, she couldn't breathe. I had time breathing, Paul, probably you and some of the rest of it. But I thought for sure that I was going to die. I've heard different people say that. And I just thought, if I do die, Brother Mike, I'm going to be a winner either way. Amen. I've always heard there is worse things than death. And I'll agree there is, unless you're not saved. 
If you're not saved, it's going to be a terrible thing. But this young man had a mindset because he had wealth that he could buy his way some way into having eternal life. But then Jesus went on down there and Jesus said, Well, I said unto him, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit it. All of these, all of these, the Bible said, uh, uh, all of these was a physical act. All of these commandments here. They were physical acts, not inward, but outward acts that, he, that we must do. Thou shalt have no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor, the poor. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus gave him in 18 and 19 here these commandments that came with an outer work. But listen to what this young man said. The young man said unto Jesus, All these things I have kept from my youth up. He still wasn't satisfied, and he said, What like I yet? I've done all of these. I've kept all these commandments. How many believe that this young man had kept all the commandments of his youth up? How many believe? How many of you have kept all of these commandments? since you've been old enough for the age of accountability. How many of you have broken some of these commandments? Well, it's good to see some of you have it, but I don't believe it. Fact. Because the Bible says we all sin and come up short of the glory of God. And as I looked down through these commandments, I seen here that I had broke quite a number of them. But this young man told Jesus, trying to tell Jesus, he said, I've kept them all from my youth up. I haven't broken any of John. Boy, wasn't he just patting himself on the back? Patting himself on the back. We've all sinned. We've all come up short. We've all broke the commandments. And Jesus knew this. He was not fooling Jesus. Jesus knew it. Jesus knows his heart. He knows my heart. And he knows your heart today. Amen. And Jesus was going to bring him to the light. Jesus was going to put him to the test. You think sometimes Jesus puts you to the test? And he said, What like I yet? And Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, or if thou wilt have eternal life. He said, Go and sell that thou hast. He said, And give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven. He, Jesus said, And come and follow me. Come and follow me. What do you think that young ruler done? What do you think he done? Jesus said in verse 22, the Bible said, but when the young man heard that saying, he went away 
sorrowful or sadly, for he had great possessions. Now right there, that verse right there showed Jesus, and he could show you and I this morning that this man, this young rich ruler, he loved himself more than he loved his neighbor. Can I hear amen? He loved himself more than he loved his neighbor, which meant poor. You say, who is your neighbor? It's whoever you see that's in need of help. That's your neighbor this morning. But when Jesus asked him to go sell all his possessions and take it and distribute it among the poor, this man said, wait a minute, paraphrase, wait a minute. I've got a lot of possessions here. And you're asking me to go sell all of them and take it and give it to this one and this one and this one? That's what Jesus asked him to do, isn't it? He wouldn't do it. So that showed Jesus and it shows us that this man loved himself more than he loved his neighbor. And I'm not going to stop there. It also showed Jesus that he loved his possessions more than he loved God. What do you have this morning that you love more than you love God? You say, oh, I don't have nothing. Be careful of what you're saying. Be careful of what you're saying. Because Jesus knows this ruler's heart, and Jesus knows mine and your heart this morning. He loved himself more than he loved his neighbor. He loved his possessions more than he loved God. And the Bible said when he heard this, this man turned and he walked away very sorrowful, heartbroken. He hadn't heard from Jesus what he wanted to hear. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily he said, I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now I've heard people make the phrase, make the remark, well, a rich person can't go to heaven. Is that what the Bible said right here? What did the Bible say right here? It said a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of God. Hardly. Why did Jesus tell the disciples this? They had just seen and experienced this young rich ruler, and that's why Jesus said, Hardly shall they enter into the kingdom of God. The Bible don't say that you can't go to heaven if you're rich. The Bible don't say you can't go to heaven if you're poor. The Bible says the only reason you can't go to heaven is because you have not repented of your sins and believed in Jesus Christ this morning. How much you've got, how little you've got, makes no difference with God this morning. Now, it may make a difference in your life. 
just as it made a difference in this young man's life here. He wanted to hold on to his possessions. He didn't want to give up anything in order to have eternal life. But my friends, it doesn't matter how much we got, it's worth giving it all up if Jesus asks you to have eternal life this morning. Amen. It's worth everything. If you die and go to hell, watch your possessions, watch your wealth. What good is it going to do you? It's not going to do you any good at all. I've seen people, you've seen people also that thinks they're going to take what they've got with them to heaven. How many believe you're going to do that? You're not going to take it with you. And he said, hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, Jesus said, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now I've read this and, and it gives some things about it and I don't really know. Lord Jesus was just talking about a regular needle eye. We know what that is. But I do know the Bible teaches us, it tells us here, that in Jerusalem there, there's a big gate that they go in and there's a little gate at the side of the big gate. And the Bible describes it as looking like a needle. It is low and it is narrow. And when the camels went there to enter into the city, it was a tight squeeze for them. It was so low the camel had to get down on their knees and crawl through this little narrow hole and squeeze through it. What would Jesus signify here? For a camel to go, he said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. What's he signifying here? The, the reason it's so hard for a rich man to get to heaven is because he wants to hold on to his possessions of material things. Material things are taken are sending a lot of people uh, to hell today. Why? Because they depend upon them. They think they're going to be here forever. We're not going to live forever. Not in this old world, thank God. I'm looking for that city. How many are looking for that city this morning? That city that's not made by hand. That city, the Bible says, well, there'll not be any COVID at There'll not be any sickness. There'll not be any death, Brother Paul. Not be any hospitals. Not be any nursing homes. Not be any doctor's offices. Why? Because there's not going to be any sickness there, Brother John. Not going to be any sickness there in heaven. As long as we're in this life, there's going to be sickness. There's going to be everything, all kinds of disease. is going to come up against us. But in heaven, there's not going to be none of them. In heaven, there's not going to be any of them. And when the disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed at what Jesus had said. Exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? 
who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them or looked over at his congregation. And he said unto them, With man, this is impossible. <laughs> can somebody say amen? amen? With man, there are some things, a lot of things with man uh, that is impossible for man to do. But what did Jesus say with man? This is impossible. Uh, but with God, all things, amen. Are Somebody say all things. All things. all things are possible with God. How many believes all things are possible with God? I don't know why we're going through these things we're going through. But I know one thing. It's a great blessing. And thank you, Jesus, for the one that I see a good crowd in here today. Good crowd in here today. And we thank each and every one for coming out and being part of it. Now I'm going to get down to the text here for just a little bit longer. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, which means listen, Lord, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? <laughs> Peter said, Lord, said, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What had Peter, what had the disciples, what had they forsaken in order to follow Jesus? What had they given up in order to follow Jesus. The Bible said when Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee and He seen these disciples and two of them was mending their nets with their father. And Jesus walked by and He said to who was it? Peter and John, is that to do it what? With their father Zebedee. And He walked by and Jesus said, follow me. And the Bible said they left their father, they left their boat, they just didn't leave their father and leave their boat. They lost their living. They left their living behind. They left everything of their possessions behind to follow Jesus. The Bible says Jesus went a little further. They were also fishermen. Jesus said, follow me. And they left their ship. Left their ship way of life as we know it. And they went and followed the Lord. Let me ask you a question this morning, church, before we close here in a minute. What what have you forsaken in order to follow Jesus. You say, what are you talking about, Brother Ralph? I'm simply talking plain talk. What did you have to give up in order to have eternal life? What did you have to forsake in order to take up your cross and follow Jesus? We all had to sacrifice 
something, Brother Billy, amen, in order to find Jesus and follow Jesus. Jesus was in no way sinuating that the average man had to sell everything that he had in his possession. That wasn't that. He was just showing this rich young ruler and bringing to the forefront who he really was. Jesus don't ask us to sell everything we've got and follow him. If he's going to do that, he wanted to give it to us to start with. Jesus just wants his part. Not that he needs his part, but he wants to take his part that we owe him and take it and spread it out to build his kingdom. But what did you sacrifice? I know what I had to sacrifice. As Jesus passed by the Sea of Galilee and said to Peter, James, John, Andrew, and these other fishermen, follow me. And they sacrificed everything that they had materially to follow Jesus. And I remember the day that Jesus walked by me, Brother Paul. Spoke to my heart, Tony, and I said, Help me, Lord. And He did. And I know that day when I was praying and repenting of my sins, I said, Lord, help me. I need help. Show me, Lord, what you want me to do. And that day, when Jesus Christ came into my heart, I started sacrificing the way of life that I had lived for years and years, a, a life of pleasure and a life of sin. Sounds like I've got some witnesses in here over that. See, I had to sacrifice all of these things if I was going to be a follower of Jesus. I had to give up my drinking. I had to give up my partying. I had to give up my wild way of life. I had to give up my weekends of partying. I had to sacrifice all of this in order to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And I said, Lord, I can do this. <laughs> Lord, I can do this. And I've done it. I've done it. What have you had to sacrifice? Or have you sacrificed anything in order to follow Jesus? Just simply put this morning, we've got to forsake. We've got to forsake all these things that keeps us from being who Jesus wants us to be. I'm not saying we've got to sacrifice, we've got to give up our job. We don't have to do that. We don't have to give up only ourselves and our obedience to follow Jesus. Here, that's all we've got to do. And just give Him ourselves. And say, Lord, here I am. Show me what you want me to do. And Jesus said, Unto them, after Peter said, We have left forsaken all, and followeth thee, what shall we have therefore? 
And Jesus said unto the disciples, Verily he said, I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Oh my. What them disciples has got to look forward to. But notice this next verse. And that's misinterpreted a lot of times. Just like some of the other things in the Bible. In verse 29, he said, Jesus said, For everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit, inherit everlasting life. I've had people say to me before, Brother Ralph, we've got to give our families up. We've got to give her, the Bible says we've got to give up our wives, our husbands, we've got to give up our children. We've got to give up everything. Our land, we've got to give up everything that we possess in order to have eternal life. That's not what Jesus is saying, church. This is not, Sister Connie, this is not what Jesus is saying here. What Jesus is simply saying for he had explained it in other scripture when he's talking about family, fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, children, houses, lands, material things, family. What Jesus is simply saying that all of these other things has got to be secondary. Got to be secondary. See, Jesus said. I will have no other God before me. Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, you remember what Jesus said? He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And He said, If you'll seek me and my righteousness, He said, I'll add all of these other things unto you. Church, let's seek Him and His righteousness. And you watch this church blow up. Amen. We've just simply got to put Jesus first in our life. That's what this means. Putting Jesus first. We've got a piano player, song leader, whatever. I hope you got something out of this this morning. I thank you for bearing with me. I'm still hoarse. Keep praying for me. Keep praying for one another this morning. But the message is, what are you willing to forsake in order to have eternal life? The Bible says if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, what would you give in exchange for it? Hell is going to be a terrible place. I believe this is one of the signs of the end days, Tony. I believe that. And the devil is taking this pandemic virus. The devil is taking that. And he is wearing people out with it. Let's pray for one another. Let's put it in God's hands. Stand with us this morning. If you're here this morning and you haven't just sacrificed, made a sacrifice to God and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, I'm going to give it all to you. And whatever God asks you to give up, listen to me. 
Whatever God asks you to give up, I promise you, He will add it with something a whole lot better than what you had to start with. Is there somebody here this morning that needs Jesus? This altar is open as they come inside. Is your heart heavy with some grief or trouble? You do not have to bear it all alone. standing there when all the friends are gone and he will calm the troubled waters of your soul you take your broken heart and make it whole and when the storms of this life grows dark and cold Yes, He will come the troubled waters of your soul. Now deep in every heart, oh, there's a longing to find happiness and oh, such peace of mind. But when your heart gets weary from the searching, just turn to Jesus, and then, my friend, you'll find He will calm the troubled waters of your soul. He'll take your broken heart and make it whole. And when the storms of this life grows dark and cold, Yes, He will come, the troubled waters of your soul. We thank you this morning, church, for coming out. I know we all had to make some kind of a sacrifice to come out to God's house today. But I'm just wondering this morning, how many of you are truly glad that you made the sacrifice to come to God's house. How many of you could raise your hand and say, God, it's been good to be here today. All right, we thank you for coming out. Does anybody want to say or do anything before we dismiss? Anything? Amen, Charlie. And we do... Shannon maybe will be back next week in April and uh, we want to get these kids back in church we want to get them classes started back they're back in school is that right and so Shirley you want to take them the night if any of them comes out